Welcome back to the Forward Podcast. I'm Lance Armstrong. Um, I hope everybody listening uh, had an enjoyable and great long holiday weekend. It's funny how those things, like, sometimes they just make all the difference. And then you just get into things, you know, longer holidays that are even better. But just a little uh, Friday or Monday off on the shoulder just makes the weekend that much better. Hey, before I get into uh, introducing my guests, and for this week, guest, it's not a guest, it's guests, it's plural, there's more than one, so that's a first for, for me and for this podcast. Before I get into introducing them, um, I, I wanted to talk about something that uh, I think uh, some of you or a lot of you perhaps read about uh, just last week. As I mentioned, I probably mentioned a couple of times on this podcast and certainly mentioned um, on my New Year's podcast. Um, I'm in the middle of a fairly significant, actually very significant legal fight uh, with the Department of Justice and the Postal Service and Floyd Landis. It was news, or it came out last week, that Judge Cooper, in our case, had rejected our motion for summary judgment. And I was a little surprised at how widely spread the news was, uh, which is fine, um, but I just wanted to address a few things for you guys, the loyal listeners, fans, friends. Um, I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, first of all, um, we believe in this case from our perspective. We believe in the merits of this case from our perspective. We believe that the Postal Service um, greatly benefited. While the situation certainly is not perfect, I'll be the first to admit that, Um we do not believe that they can go back and undo all of the good that was done all of those years. And I think the most important thing I want to say to y'all, or and certainly if anybody listening works for the Postal Service, I absolutely loved representing your company. I loved wearing that jersey. I loved riding around Europe, riding down the Champs-Élysées, hearing our national anthem with that jersey on. It could have been a, any other team any of those years. It could have been a foreign team. It could have been another American team. Um, but, but it was an honor and a real pleasure to represent that organization, and I think we did great things. And so uh, while I know many, many um, out there and, and probably some of you listening feel as if uh, I, I need to be punished uh, severely, um, which is fine. That's, that is certainly your opinion. I, I understand that. Um, my life hasn't been without punishment, and some of it public like this, some of it not. But there's been many, many other cases um, that, have, that have had to be resolved um, th- that have certainly changed the look and feel of our life. And when I say our, I mean myself and my family. But on this one... Um, we believe the merits and the law are on our side, so we will we'll see it through. And um, if if you're supportive, thank you for being supportive. And if you're not, just know this: I get it, I understand, and uh, that's fair. So my podcast this week, let's talk about that. And it actually ties into what I just said. I did this was sort of a last minute. Um, the group of guys, and I, was, I knew I was going to be with these group of guys, but I didn't really, we didn't know that we would sit down and have a discussion. For the record, this podcast has been done always with me and one other person because we only have two mics. So this came about, we actually bought two more mics because this was such a unique opportunity. 
Um, but me and Dylan Casey and Georgine Cappy and Christian Vanderbilt just spent last weekend in, well, somewhere between Phoenix and Tucson. Um, and we did what, what, what is called, or what is known as the 24 Hours in Old Pueblo. And it's a 24-hour mountain bike race that starts at noon on Saturday and finishes at noon on Sunday. And uh, the typical Arizona weather, it was not. It was cold. It was wet. Actually, a bit of sleet at times, snow flurries. This was uh, way, way tougher than any of us had expected you know, obviously those elements I just mentioned, throw in lack of sleep, throw in challenging terrain, throw in, I'm not exaggerating. And I mean this literally throw in a million cactus, cacti. What's that the right word? Um, but it was great to be back with these guys. Many of you know the history and the stories of certainly uh, George and Christian, and so uh, I said, you know, I said to them, I said, let's 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 talk about it. Let's sit down and talk about that time, our time together, that time, our time together at Postal, our, our time together in a certain generation of cycling that's um, that certainly um, uh, was complicated. And I've done I don't know six six months or six or seven months or so worth of these podcasts. I, this one I've been a proud, really really proud of a few of them. This one's right up there. And it's a little longer, so I'll keep the intro shorter, but um, I hope you enjoy it. It is um, uh, uh, it's raw. It's very, very raw. It's, it's very um, honest, very direct. And so, and that's, you know, coming from my perspective too, but I also think that, that the other guys in the room, George, Christian, and Dylan, um, brought it. I think they brought the truth. They brought uh, their truth. And um, so for, for those of you who uh, are and were fans of the old Postal team, um, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Like I say every week, questions, comments, concerns, send me an email. The forward podcast at wedosport.com. Um, by the way, the 24-hour race we did in Old Pueblo, uh, George, who has a clothing line, cycling clothing line, made up some really killer uh we do slash forward uh cycling jerseys so you've probably seen some of those images on instagram or twitter either on george's account or my account or, or christian or dylan but uh tough tough conditions i i probably sound tired because i i'm beat i might uh, i might not do a podcast next week because i'll be sleeping this entire week i'm that tired so uh hey like I said every week, thanks for tuning in. Please keep tuning in and uh, enjoy uh, a very, very candid, raw conversation with three amigos and uh, three uh, great old teammates. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Forward Podcast. I'm your host, but today I actually have uh, three other co-hosts. Uh, I got myself, in, in no particular order, I'm just going to go around the horn here. So across the table, I have Dylan Casey. Dylan Casey over here. because we yeah. are, th- This particular podcast, for those that, you, that will listen to this on some Monday down the line, uh, we, we did the first part of it on Facebook Live. So I've got Dylan Casey, otherwise known as Cuervo. I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> across the way, I've got George Hincapi. And then next to him, I have Christian Vandeveld. Um, and so we are sitting in, 
you know, we might like to think it's a bus. It's really not a bus. It's kind of a glorified camper. It's not as janky as the 1999 Tour de France when we had what we called Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, <clears throat> and which was a really small mobile home. And now we have two of these set up, and we are absolutely in the middle of nowhere. We're, in fact, I don't even know, they call it 24-hour town, but I don't even know where we are. We're, we're somewhere between Phoenix and Tucson. I was driving here from the Phoenix airport today thinking, where in the fuck am I going? Um, and so, uh, but, but we're here for the 24 hour race, the 24 hours, wait, what did we decide? 24 hours of old Pueblo or 24, 24 hours? hours in the Pueblo. In the in old, old Pueblo, Pueblo. Right. So it's a, it's a 19 year old 24, it's a 19 year old mountain bike race that goes from noon on a Saturday to noon on a Sunday. And somebody here, I won't say who had the crazy idea that we would put together a four man team. <laughs> and, and, um, and so here we are. So we're sitting in this camper. We got we all got here today. We pre rode the course and um and it's it's kinda epic. It's 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 we're in Arizona, like I said. It never rains in Arizona. And they're saying it's gonna rain a lot. And we're all a little freaked out. And you gotta ride through the night, you gotta have lights. I mean, for you people sitting at home that don't ride bikes, this shit's a little little crazy. So I was just gonna use this opportunity to talk to Dylan, George, and Christian. Um in a way that, for me, for the regular listeners of the show, you'll know that that I that that I almost uh, treat cycling almost like it's uh, the plague. You know, I don't ever. I try not to talk about cycling. I I I named the podcast the Forward because I didn't want to talk about cycling, but I actually got a good question because we asked people to ask questions or send us questions for this podcast. I got a question about cycling and my love for cycling, um, and so this has been the first time that I've talked about cycling and. Um, but this is, this is not me sitting around with some, uh, some, some random person talking about cycling. It's sitting with three special people that have, you know, made the voyage out here to the middle of fucking nowhere to, to, to do this thing. And so we will talk about cycling today. We'll probably talk about a lot of other things. Um, so, um, I'll just, I'll just get started here. I mean, I think somebody did ask us and it was interesting how, or no, you, Dylan, you brought it up, yeah, which I think is a great for the old fans of postal and you know i i i i sit in a space with regards to the united states postal service and believe that we have that there are a lot of fans of that team that the work that was done on that team as complicated as that generation was the work that was done on that team was pretty great and so but for a lot of those fans um uh, they don't know what what well they probably know what I've been doing in the meantime because unfortunately the whole world knows but but I, I think it would be interesting for you guys to just say you know what the what the last you know since the day you stepped off the bike as a professional athlete um, till today you know what have you been doing so I'm gonna let Dylan I'm gonna let you go first yeah um, well I stepped off a little bit a little bit earlier than than the rest of y'all but for me I kind of woke up one day and decided that it was time and had a bunch of great opportunities in front of me in front of me and I was my home base in the off season was Silicon Valley and fortunately made a lot of great connections and had some very um some some good friends who helped open some doors and make some introductions and so I started to explore what was going to be next and uh, long story short decided to not race my bike for a living and and got got a job at Google back in the day when I don't, I don't even know if you guys knew what Google was about, 
but um i just thought you were in the mail room that's yeah. all i can say well i was pretty much in the mail room there's there's no question about that i mean what does a pro bike racer have anything to do or have anything to offer to a company like google um but uh yeah so i made that transition and and you know started a whole new chapter in my life but um you know cycling has still been ever since then uh, you know a key kind of component to my overall life and uh, still something I love to do. And, you know, the relationships I have with you guys is obviously, obviously endured a lot and gone, we've been through a lot, but, um, you know, it's fun actually to be back here and kind of think about the last decade or two. And, and, uh, at least you know, what was your last year? Oh, three. Well, when you, I mean, when you talk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, you're the wait, the guy who's on TV for a living right, has to, the mic in his lap. Mic. How does? Never mind. But you know, I, now I'm just I'm just a normal dude. I got you know a wife. I've got two wonderful kids. I get up. I ride my bike in the morning before the sun comes up. I go to work. Come home. Chase kids. Try to be a good husband. By the way, wife. your wife was a much better bike racer than you were. <laughs> your wife. So so. <laughs> That's right. Jessica Greco, for yeah. long-time American cycling fans, will remember the name. I mean, she was a junior world champion. Mm -hmm. She was. She literally won. She won everything she did. I mean, she was. Uh, she was amazing. Yeah. Well, we joke at home all the time how yeah. she definitely yeah. has the talent. Oh, the, her Palmaris is. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, she, so if your kids are ever like really good cyclists, it's all her. It's all because of her, buddy. No Ninety-seven percent. Yeah. Even if it wasn't, it's her. George, yeah. I think, and I think with George, I think most people know what you've been up to just because you got your business and then the fondo and other things but just george you tell us in your own in your own words well firstly it's kind of exciting to be here um you know i was a i was the one <coughs> reluctant person <laughs> i was the one reluctant person on this whole four-man squad to come do a 24-hour race in the middle of nowhere in the desert um but now that i'm here it's really exciting to be here and we're meeting a lot of fun people and just catching up with the guys has been a great experience so far but i retired uh what five years ago 2012 and since then i kind of dove in uh two feet first with the uh, hink abbey sportswear business and i've been really excited with where what we've done since then and how much we've grown and i've been fortunate enough to have a really good solid relationship with my brother and my brother and i run the company um so that's been the main uh, portion of our business but we've also started a cycling team way before I retired, but since I retired, it's grown to be one of the best teams in the country. And um, one of my biggest goals and dreams is to one day have this cycling team racing in Europe and becoming a, a pro tour team. So that is uh, something that I uh, try to work on daily and find sponsors and uh, good partners to get us to that next level. Um, also, we have the Grand Fundo in October, which everybody here has, uh, has been come down to and been part of that. And that's been growing really nicely as well. And um, it starts at Hotel Domestique, which I have a, a partnership in as well. And um, they're all kind of uh, integral to each other. They're all connected. And I hope to continue to be a big part of the, the growth of all four of those uh, companies in the future. VDV? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I've been practicing that. Well, yeah. spiel. I mean, so George has, <laughs> George is like, a, like he's a, he's like a tycoon. 
Yeah, yeah. You, know, you see how everything was like. Yeah. You know, there's the team that melds into the to the line that that goes over to the to the fondo. That oh, that starts at the hotel. Mm-hmm. That oh, is, uh, it may yeah. sound a bit more glamorous than it, than it is. Maybe I know, a tycoon it, with a bunch. We of didn't, we didn't say it was glamorous. No, George hustles. George hustles. <laughs> yeah, you hustler. That's right. Hustle. From New York, Queens. Yeah. Straight hustle. hustler. Well, I've only had well, three years, not not thirteen, like mm-hmm. Dylan. Um, but I, I have to say, first of all, that. From the day I stepped off the bike, like you were alluding to before, to today, I couldn't. It couldn't be any different. The day I, I retired, I thought I would never ride my bike again. I'm fed up. I have had 22 broken bones, injuries, all this. Stuff. I feel horrible on the bike. It gives me no pleasure whatsoever. Um, until here, where I'm riding almost 15, 20 hours with this knucklehead, George, <laughs> training, absolutely destroying ourselves on training rides. Uh, yeah, so that, that's come up, and I'm happy to say that because it's it's actually given me more, um, more post career than I thought that it ever would give me. Anyway, business wise, family, that kind of stuff. Uh, we sold our house in Spain where we lived for almost sixteen years with my family. That's where my firstborn was was born in Girona, Spain. My second was in Chicago. We moved back to Chicago. That was kind of like you know taking the needle off the the record. I uh, haven't really been in Chicago <laughs> since I was pretty much senior in high school. Wow. So uh, that's where my wife and I both grew up. Uh, and you got back there in like November. That was a good time You got to come it, back. exactly, in November. <laughs> what? And then cue the two worst winters of history. And mm. yeah, so I started looking for different places. And, and I love Chicago and I love the people. I love my family, but it just wasn't really for us. So we moved. Um, my good friend George Hinkab has been pushing me for to move down. And I said, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. And the kids were just at age where it was the best time to really go before they really had deep roots in the school. So um, on the business side, just went right into NBC Sports. Thank God I had, a, had something um, brewing before I stopped riding. Um, helped out with the uh, Cyclist Professional Union for North America, which I'm pretty proud about and having a lot of steps between um, that's something we could talk a lot that actually is a whole separate like hour-long podcast mm, i was seeing the, the same the, thing the I was, need for, yeah. that might even be like a like a three-hour podcast yeah. where you talk about now that we're talking about cycling like the the, the real need for a true union in the sport but agreed right, well we'll save that so anyway that was more of put my money where my mouth was um for many years just bitching and complaining about unjust things within the sport or just really really just not having a voice is just really frustrating part about being a professional athlete and that's being your livelihood and having no voice of what you're doing. Um, but anyways, we're making some big strides in the last three years to, from, you know, November, 2013 to, to right now. Um, but yeah, loving life right now. Happy to be here with y'all. But you know, the cool thing is we're just like four dudes with kids, wives, and we ride some bikes. Yeah. Well, I will, I will, you know, I don't, I, I should take the blame for, Getting us into this mess. I mean, I don't know how it. <laughs> I really. <laughs> what? What do y'all? Like? We will. We will let you take okay, that. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the listener, because now we're off Facebook Live and whenever people are just listening, are um, downloaded and listening. Um, this is this is other than being twenty four hours, which is a little strange. Sure. Never. Done we're it. doing. There are people that do it alone. There are people that do it alone on a single speed. There are people that do a two person relay. Uh, yeah, other, we're doing a four-person relay, which is probably the wimpiest version you can right. do. Right. Um, 
but it's still you got to get up in the middle of the night and ride but the the crazy thing is that this thing starts for you car racing fans or other people you'll understand starts with this le mans start mm. like le mans france and so you got to run for like two or three minutes to get to your bike to start so right. these suckers uh somehow uh, voted me to be the person that has to do the run <laughs> and i think it was probably only because i'm the one that got us all into this mess that's right it was only fair yeah um but i don't know i mean uh, and, and and again to, to look around in the environment you might even hear some noise on, i think they were having like a tire throw that's right a little while ago that that's you might have heard the cheers and everything over there um but it, it's a, it's a it's a you know it's a weird vibe well it's cool weird and good vibe you see all these families out here with their kids and they're camping and it's just a whole it's you know it's a whole mm. thing i think the race is just the thing that happens in the middle it's excuse to have some fun yeah well this is this is a part of cycling that we've never seen never we, we saw a side where we had to race six hours a day hard and not socialize and the only people you talk to are your teammates or your team managers and now this is fun we would go out and drink beers with the different uh, boots around the the 24-hour pueblo village and uh, experience a whole different side of cycling, which is what really. Well, tell them what we had. We rode, we pre-rode the course. What did we have for lunch? So here, here's tell you how different this is than racing <laughs> yeah. the Tour de France. I had a well. I had a. I had to have a snack. Well, oh, we've all raced the tour, right? Yeah. Oh wait. Dylan. Oh wait. No. No. Dylan. Wait. Dylan. Dylan. Did you? Did you? You didn't do the tour. No, I didn't. Vuelta. Oh, the Vuelta. Where's that? Spain, right? Yeah, it's that other race. Dick. Since we got here, I felt like it's just been fun. I put together my own bike, and it was broken. Oh, yeah. I'll throw Hank a plug into the Velofix people here. They fixed my bike and got it going. But then, uh, by the way, hang on. I'm sorry. Yesterday, you texted us all. because I mean, if, if the listener could just have exposure to the level of shit-talking on the group, te or the group <laughs> texting chain we have. George says, by the way, how do you pack a mountain bike? <laughs> Clearly, he didn't know the answer because it showed up broken today. Yeah, bro it, yeah broken it took me an hour and a half to pack my mountain bike. I will admit that was definitely an issue. I was sweating in my garage, um, but it was fun, and it was fun getting it out here and unpacking it, and then almost thinking that I did a good job packing it until I realized one piece broke, <laughs> and it was definitely my fault. But we got it worked out, and um, just the front brakes. Not no, his front right. disc. His yeah. front disc was like somebody had dropped a piece of china. Right, I mean, it was just—he was, was all shattered. I mean, the baggage dude was just yeah. I'm like gonna break pack the front disc inside yeah. of the yeah towards yeah. the bike on the way home. Yeah. Well, on the way home, it doesn't matter. You'll be done. You'll be done. We with were get, we were getting nervous driving up the dirt road to get here this morning. Felt like juniors. My George got us nervous. George got us nervous. George talking about how nervous he was got us nervous. I was <laughs> completely fine, and then. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not well. I'm just not used to coming rolling up to bike races, so it's definitely <laughs> something different. Um, but it'll be fun. We'll have so, a good time. So before we before we did again, the way this podcast works is you don't actually listen to it live, although some of you watched it a little bit on Facebook Live. But we put these up a little bit later. Um, so we asked our fans, our friends, or our followers, or whatever you want to call them, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter to send us some questions. And we got we got a lot of we didn't give a lot of notice. We were all like shocked that we're in the middle of the desert, but we put it up. We got about an hour's notice or an hour's time to get some questions, and we got some really great questions. So I just want to some of these are really they were different than I thought, and the level of thoughtfulness around and behind them were w way different and better than I had expected. So I, I want to 
I want to run through a couple of these. One of which, which uh, I woke up from my nap or quasi nap, and Christian was sitting there, and we were kind of looking at them. One of them from Matthew Raw, uh, the at the Raw Man. I want to, I want to, I want to give all of us the opportunity uh, to answer this question, and, and I'll be the sucker that goes first. But he says to all of us, he says, "Your time was what it was," meaning our time and our generation in cycling. Do you wish you were racing now instead? And so what, I, what I'll say t- to Matthew and to everybody listening is that um, the question I get most often is, would you do it all again? And it's, it's a, it is a fair question. It's a question, so it's a fair question, and I get it a lot from fair-minded people. But, you know, what, at 45 years old, do you want to go back and try to evaluate what you did at 22? and 25 and 30 i mean it's tough it's tough so where i always end up on this is you know to me the wish that i had was that i came into a different generation or i came into a different era i came into a different time or different environment and um you know we all came from i came from Plano, Texas. Dylan came from Northern California. George came from Queens. Christian came from Chicago. You know, we, let me tell you, and I promise we didn't think we were headed over to, to what we were headed over to. And, you know, there's been a lot of regret in and around this entire situation. Um, but it, but we do not lack the regret that we stepped into the environment that we stepped into. Yes, we made the mistakes that we all well know. Um, but if I could change one thing, I'd say, boys, here's our bottle of water and here's our bag of bread and let's go. And, um, I, you know, I'm me and I'm biased, but um, I don't think the results change. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, Matthew, I I, I, I certainly would love, and, and, it, and I'm not trying to, opine on the current state of cycling because i don't know it and i speak to this often i don't know i don't know what what is and what's not um but all i'm saying is is on a truly level playing field of course um uh, i'd love i'd love to tow that line yeah it's uh dylan yeah it's it's that's a that's a hard question it's um you know the 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 classic one is if you had it to do over what would you do and some you know sometimes i try to answer the question sometimes i think it's impossible to answer the question just because you know what i know now and i mean hell you know my story about cycling is a little different because i got into it so late and you know three years later after i decided to do it full time i ended i was i found myself on the start line at tour of flanders i didn't even know what that race was i mean tour of flanders in 1999 you know and and probably every day, you know, ever since then and, and always before has been probably the biggest race in Belgium. Tour and Flanders is the greatest one-day race in the world. Yeah. And no offense, George, I know you love Roubaix, but the but Tour yeah. Flanders is is the perfect mix of Roubaix and Liège. It's it's the it is the ultimate race. And so here I am like George George Incapi should have won that race three times. I'm just at telling least you. easy. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm you know, I was sitting there in that square where the race starts and there's thousands of people and I I had never seen anything like that before. And um, I just had no idea what I was getting getting myself into. Right. But, you know, what I did learn out of that, regardless of, of the mistakes I made, was 
I learned how to persevere through just about anything. And I think, you know, that's been the thing that has stuck with me ever since then. Mm -hmm. And so it's really difficult to say, you know, what I would do or what I wouldn't do. But if I would definitely, you know, having come away from that whole experience with that ability has been priceless. And, and, you know, somebody asked me to write on a three by five card for my son, you know, what, what do you want for him in his future? And the one thing, if I could say, you know, Cole, I want you to have the ability to persevere through challenges. Mm. Cause I think if you can do that, everything else sorts itself out. Yeah. So I think, uh, it, it's a hard question. Yeah. Got to go forward. Yeah. George, shit, we dove right into that one, huh? Well, I mean, I mean, how to drink <laughs> a little bit more? This, 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 these podcasts are an hour. We can't get to know. like the last ten minutes and be like, "Hey, let's talk about some serious shit." I mean, dude, well, let's get into it. To uh, what both of you all said, I definitely um, agree that it was tough being thrown into that uh, generation of cycling. Um, fortunately and unfortunately, for many reasons, I, I was a professional cyclist for twenty years. Hmm. So I can arguably say that I was in a couple of different generations, but I will definitely with 100% certainty, certainty, certainty say that I was uh, very lucky to be part of and ridden with the best cyclists in the history of sport of those 20 years, for sure. I mean, with Lance, Contador, Cadell Evans, Mark Cavendish, uh, I saw it all. I mean, and... You know, we talk about what happened 20 years ago. Yes, cycling was really fucked up then. Um, but I truly believe we saw a lot of changes. Um, and I truly believe that I was able to ride with the best of the best um, and experience, you know, everything you can experience on a bike for 20 years. Um, I do believe the sport has changed a lot um, since since what happened 20 years ago. Uh, and I think it's definitely in a, in a much better place than it was. Um, but I do believe... Lance was one of the best cyclists ever. Um, Contador, Cadell, Mark, Cavendish, being able to ride with them, being able to go through all these generations of cycling um, has been something that, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for anything. I know I made mistakes. I know I was part of a fucked up generation. But at the same time, you know, I met my wife in 2003 at the Tour de France. Oh, boy, did you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. I will never forget. But... <laughs> the things that I've experienced. You guys, you guys at home think the Bachelor's cool and the Bachelor. This was some shit. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, this was. That was well put. This was. It, it, yeah, this, this was. This was. This was a, this actually, was a hit. You know what? Actually, there's nothing better to talk. I mean, let's talk about podium girls. <laughs> we we got to let Christian talk first. Okay, sorry. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'm but, done. But let's talk but, about but Christian. After talk. Christian, let's talk about. Wait, podium wait a second. Girls. Did, has anyone even answered the question yet? So you you would you're going for yes? You'd like to switch? Have or coming coming into a pro now well I, christian i say i say that because because no i look, no you don't have to no no give reasons it was just more that we guys are answering well i say it selfishly because i'm you know i'm i'm you know neck deep in in drama yeah and if and if and if mm. and i i believe i don't believe that it's uh it is what it is so i have to navigate that in the fairest way possible but this last hurdle i don't think is fair I don't so, think that. So that, you you mentioned you know being here at twenty four hours of Pueblo in the rain. Yeah. What people don't get from this, all the stories and everything. Obviously, people would have read about you and us and all that. They never saw us waking up in the morning in 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 uh, in the Alps somewhere and it's 
38 degrees and raining and we're fucking just completely demoralized Crack. and lance Crack. would come down and started clapping his hand going oh my god i'm so happy it is fucking oh, miserable out because the race can be a lot easier now because all you guys are not happy about racing but i love this shit because it's true. people don't see that you know and that's what i saw on a lot of, a lot of days um and that really those are some of my biggest okay. memories well, wait, but I have you, to. You can tell your story. I know where I you're going. Well, I'll, I'll just, I kind of wanted to tell, but then we're going to get to Christian. No, but, but this, yeah. You'd we, we, say we, it well, because George. So, so, I mean, 1998, I got to do world championships. I was still basically an amateur in America, and I got to do worlds at your Lance had just got fourth in the Vuelta. And I think you were there, Christian. It was Valkenburg, 1998, you know, 9 a.m. start or whatever. It starts raining. And Lance is standing next to me. And I had just signed my my contract with Postal. And I think I'd met Lance a couple times. But I was just like, you know, eyes just like full moon. <laughs> like, just like out of my mind. It starts raining. And Lance looks at me. He's like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good, 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 good. And he's like, he's like, it's raining. <laughs> with a big smile on his face, he's like, yep, half the race just quit. Can I just edit just a little? Because I love this story, and and, yeah. and I don't know if it's the Tito's we've had, but <laughs> we were somewhere near the front of the line. Yeah. Fair. And Dylan was like, dude, it's really cold. It's raining. It's like my first world championships. And I said, Dylan, turn around. Yeah. He's like, what? I said, turn around. And he turns around, and I said, you see those? See those all those guys back there? Yeah. Half of them just quit, just quit the race. Yeah. And so, but I believe, I believe, I don't know if that's true, but I believe that. I was like, half of them? But it's done. true. But like, you know, I mean, like the funny thing is if you wake up in the morning, you, you, this is a classic thing. You get on the start line of any event, any sport, there's always a guy standing next to you who's like, oh, I haven't trained enough. I didn't sleep well last night. I didn't really, eat, I haven't been eating that well. You know, I'm going to do crappy. That's going to be him on the start line here when I have to run down the thing to my, <laughs> to my bike. But if you, but if you just, but the lesson there is if you just yeah. sit there and be like, you know what? I feel awesome. Yeah. I slept great last night. Like I am gonna kick some ass right now because it's pouring sideways rain and we've yeah. got two hundred and sixty Ks to go. My yeah. wife dumped me because of that race. Uh before we were <laughs> Christian. We were, we were, we were, this is my boyfriend, girlfriend. So I, I hadn't been home for like three months at that time. So I was like I was planning on going home right after the Vuelta. I'd done the yeah. Vuelta with Lance yeah. and uh, we had one race after that. I think it was Perry Tours. And I was gonna go home. So Terrible we had a you know, wedding coming up, like hotel room, I'm twenty one years old. This is the best thing I've thinking of and i'm like ah, no i'm out i gotta do the world championships oh and, and i try to get out of it and I, he like he, but i'll never forget this so he he like you yelled at me he's like are you are you insane like <laughs> how many times you've been the pro world championships yeah how many times you represent your country you represent the, the united states of america at the pro world championships you're 21 years why would you not want to do this and <laughs> at that time like, i didn't give a shit i just wanted to get home for you know i didn't want to get home i got the same call <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna get that call about, but then I, I crashed uh, Bartoli. Yeah, he gave me like the. I learned a lot Evil. of swear words Evil. in Italian. Michele Bartoli, who was probably you know one of the favorites that day. Yeah, and, and, won that day. And yeah, one of my idols. I mean, he was yeah. he's the man. He's a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, at the time, and yeah, until Lance would talk Total shit about wanker. him all the time. But yeah, that, that he's just ninety. That was a, that was a good world. Yeah. So do you want to answer your question? The, I, your, I'll, I'll try because no. I want because I want you to answer and then I want to go back to. Who's honking? The, the, don't they realize that we're doing a very important podcast here? It's an old, it's this an old is, if, again, for the listeners, if you could just see this fucking mess that we're in the middle of. But 
I, Christian, please answer, and then I want to. I just want to say something real quick on what pick up on what George said. Well, I agree with first of all. I agree with most of what everyone said already. Um, but I would just go back to like the the circumstances that I would never have had. Uh, you know, first of all, I'm from Chicago, I rode the track. So luckily, it was Project ninety six at the time, and that's how I got into riding. And then that that's our. I got a pro contract with U.S. Postal. One of the only good things Chris Carmichael ever did. <laughs> so the, Project ninety six. We had we had that. Or I probably would never become a professional cyclist so if it wasn't for that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I like looking back, even the silliest things like not wearing, like looking at a picture of all of us not wearing helmets coming down the Galibier at five hundred mm -hmm. miles an hour. To to of course all all the shit that it did go down, but then also kind of what George alluded to a little bit was riding the wrongs for a bit, um, all the way through two thousand thirteen. Um, and leaving it in a better place than it was. So, I, yeah, it's a, it's a hard question, of course. I, of course, and I'm with yeah. you, Lance. But but being a generation, there's there's times that, for sure, you're, and and I think that's a great thing to be jealous of somebody who's currently racing. I don't want to be saying I'm sorry for you to be be a racer, even though I do think that a lot of times during the tour. But uh, <laughs> that's a different conversation again. But it is a a great place to be for a professional cyclist. I think it's one of the. Well, we have three professional cycles. There is, yeah. So we have three very different situations. So Dylan got out kind of before the mess. Mm -hmm. I got out a little after that, and then you guys uh, rode it through. So you saw this generational change in cycling, and we can all sit around and say, like, I could, I could look at the situation. And George, you and I have talked about this. And and what, like, what was that tipping point? Like, what uh, affected the change? You could say. Floyd Landis testing a positive in 06. You know, people are like, wow, <clears throat> shit just got real. And losing the losing his tour title. <clears throat> or um the whereabouts program got more and more advanced and more like you know, more and more funding. And so therefore the out of competition testing was was better. The biological passport evolved. It, it just got harder and harder to rig the system. I, I think those two came together and that's what affected change. Yeah. I do believe that. I don't think anything else. And, you know, whatever change you want to deem it effective or not effective, let's just say it was effective. Those two inter those two intersecting is what created the change, the shift. So Dylan's gone. I'm gone. <clears throat> I make, quite frankly, the mistake to go back in, right? Which, to his credit, <laughs> the man sitting catty corner to me, George Hincap, he was like, you are fucking crazy. I remember that phone call. Yes. You, you, what are you? I was sitting are you getting ice cream with my wife and daughter, and you said, I'm thinking about coming back next year. And I said, You are fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're right. You were right. But, um, and so, yeah. So that's what opened up the whole Pandora's box. But, but what I wanted to just say before we get on to the next thing is that what George said, and George, you talked about me, and it was 38 degrees and raining, and I come down clapping my hands like, all right, boys, let's go. That might have been some of that. Some of that is the team leader you kind of have to do, right? I mean, believe me, part of me was like, God, I wish it was 68. <laughs> um, but the, the thing that I think gets lost from our team, and I want to talk about Postal, is that uh, you know for 10 years or more, the narrative was we have the best technology we train the hardest we do the most reconnaissance we have we're the most organized we have the smartest tactics tactics we have the best director we're in the wind tunnel we watch our diet we, we all these things that's what we said well lance the, the other thing is that we weren't afraid to question everything no we it, it was it was like there was no such thing as like that's how we do it that's right everything was on the table 
And so the, 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 it's not even a frustrating thing for me. It's, it's a painful thing for me that when my story goes down in 2012 and USADA makes the move that they make, the entire world shifts and says, oh, <laughs> this asshole. He told us it was the training and the diet and the team and the tactics and the reconnaissance and the, and so the whole world shifted and said, well, it was none of that. It was the doping. And so if I could, if I, if I, if I just had a magic wand and I could just, just change one thing. Yes, they all happened, but that 10th thing doesn't happen if the first nine don't. And we all, we all did the work. It's not, not like I did the. We all did the work, and we. So none of those things. So I felt like there was this shift from kind of a white hat story all the way to a black hat story, and, and neither were true. Neither were true. It's a gray hat story. Yeah. And you know, somebody asked me the other day, like if you know, if you could just do one thing to 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 change the 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 story, that would be it. I mean, I would say that that you know what. It's all true. I mean, it's, but we can't neglect. The one thing I would hate to think is that we, we, we forget all of the hard work that we all did. And not just the four of us sitting in this room, but the, the, over the course of those years, there were probably 30 guys that came through the system. Yeah. Well, the, well, not to mention the staff that has to deal with, you know. But like, remember just the, the, the shift in mentality when Johan would say, okay, uh, Everybody from the whole team has been in the front all day. Just everybody rides in the front. Just kind of like, just, you know, as if you just say that and it happens. But it did, you know, like. Well, that's, I mean, that's interesting you say that because you see a lot of teams doing that now. I right. mean, the tactics, a lot of stuff has changed in, in cycling, but the tactics have not. And they see, you know, the teams and the um, all the directors see what the most successful teams are doing. And yeah, Johan would always have us riding in the front and mm -hmm. figuring out when the windy sections are coming, when the small road sections are coming. And even to now, 20 years later, it's funny, I had a conversation with Cavendish um, last year. And w w on HTC, we had like the best lead out train ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would he would just sit on our wheel and we'd take him to, you know, 300, 500 meters to go, 1K to go, whatever. And last year- And he's two like two ago, feet off the ground, yeah, which helps. Exactly. <laughs> But now he says you have six teams doing that. All, so you, all, if you yeah, watch right. Cav now in sprints, a lot of times he's got he's got one guy with him, or right. you know he's he's very isolated. He still wins a lot, but it's not like before where you had five guys ushering to the finish. So, I mean, it's you know well the race is like changed. anything. The, yeah. I mean, the entire race has changed from the zero K banner on. But I think no, it's becoming more of a game of screw your screw. Your Here's a question. I got a question from CyclePunk at CyclePunk67. I'm just That's reading these as they come in. Yeah. How much is George riding? And what is his weight? Clearly, Cyclepunk does not follow George on Strava or maybe Velopal. Yeah, because he trains a lot. Cyclepunk. Yeah, how many? How I wouldn't many say a lot. He's well, trained. Wait, wait, he's trained. Wait a second. We were how sitting down. Hours, he's trained more than anybody 24 here. Twenty-four hours last week, and we were sitting next to some of the, some of the guys that George employs on his team as professional cyclists, and they rode less. Hey, but I'm still getting a lot of work and then, done. Oh, then he's going playing tennis afterwards. Yeah. Well, I do have a small addiction to tennis, I must admit, okay. right now. But let's be real. Ever since we decided that we were going to do this this uh, event, I think I think we've all stepped it up a little bit. Okay. Well, I think it's been great, and you know, it's just been really funny and 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 semi motivating too to watch what you guys are doing and 
<laughs> you know, I haven't done the six-hour rides like the old man over here. Lance yeah, has been doing six-hour rides. That that's is right. a bit over the top. I'm the only me, one. But, yeah, that's right. Um, I have cut out. I have cut out. Here's my regime. Okay, it's okay. very simple. I've cut out cookies and chips, and I don't try not to drink during the week. Okay, so that is my your diet. Li your life is trying to get must back in suck. shape. <laughs> I'm just telling you. That's why I do the six. I know. So I can have. Yeah, I'll go back to cookies and chips on. after March. Yeah, I want to. Uh, Kenny Pride, who's a, who's an old school cycling journalist. I just want to. Uh, I, I got to find it here, but I want to answer his question because it 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 gets into uh, doing a six hour ride with a bunch of young pros. He says, "Did you fall out of?" He asked me, "Did you fall out of love with cycling? Are you back in love with it? And if so, what's got you back?" And I don't know why. Great question, you Kenny. You did though. It's you a great did. question. It's a great question. I don't know why I asked it. I mean, he might have had some inside knowledge, but there is no doubt that I absolutely. I don't even want to say I fell out of love with cycling. I hated. Cycling. You hated it. I hated. I fucking hated it. And Dylan, I talked to you more than yeah. any of these guys, but I hated yeah. cycling. I viewed this was a sport that I loved. I lived for. I I I, I would have died for uh, in many ways. And quite honestly i felt like there was a there was an element of the sport turning its back on me i get that too um so i just stopped riding mm -hmm. and i started doing other things i swam i ran i uh, i did spartan races i did a bunch, i did whatever i could just to suffer and stay fit and then oddly enough i i got asked to go on a trip uh down to cuba last winter which the trip got postponed and put off because castro dying mm -hmm. but it was a trip with some you know with some strong guys and not to be named and so i was like oh my god i better start training like i better get fit otherwise they're going to destroy me in this third world country and i'll be left out there to die Well, because they they were good at the they showed up and did the 50 they were good they were these the, i was going to get destroyed so i was yeah. like Fuck. so i started training really hard and then the trip changed, and I was like, "Hmm, okay, I'm not training for that anymore." But I, I'm I'm digging this, man, and I'm digging. Um, let me just make it very intimate and, and direct. I'm digging going down to my own bike shop. I didn't go to my own bike shop for years. The, the staff never saw me. Mm. Our clients never saw me. I I, I was persona non grata in my own silent, shop. Silent yeah, partner. I I I would, and if I went down there, I snuck in the back door. Talk to the managers, talk to, to a few of the guys, and then I walked back out the back door. And I started finding myself, I'll ride down to the shop and I'll have a coffee and hang out with some of the people that are at the cafe or some of the people that are getting their tire, their yeah. flat tire fixed. And I was like, I love that. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm falling back. Not to sound corny, but I fell back in love with this. And this 24-hour event was kind of the next, it just, it was like. Catalyst. And then we were all shit talking, yeah. right, on the yeah. text. And I was like, yeah. oh. You know, then I have these pros in Austin, like, let's go do six hours. I was like, I don't want to do six hours. I was like, but I can't wait to tell those motherfuckers <laughs> on my team that I did six hours and send them my Strava file and like, and like make videos out there. I was like, what's up? 115 miles I later, cr full body cramp. Like, uh, <laughs> uh. yeah. Yeah. So there. Yeah, you did. You, you fell back in love. So six, I did. I six told, hours. I like balance. Did, yeah. Six hours is a bit over the top. I like three, uh, You know, I've been known rides. to do things over the top. George. Correct. Yeah, I agree. Slightly. 
Oh, we can say Vanderbilt. I was, you said that he was going to go play golf afterwards. Oh, and, yeah. And, and you one. said, yeah, I'm on. I'm teeing off oh, right yeah, now. And, off. and I, I said, I get the fuck out of my No seat. way. Fell teeing out of teeing my off seat. in 10 minutes. <laughs> Did I send you all the picture of me in bed? Yeah, then luckily yeah. you're like, no, and I'm, I'm in comatose. I, <laughs> I was laid up. And I was like, are you okay? But actually, you know what's fun is that when when uh it came out or you announced that we were going to do this race a lot of people reached out and you know they started shit talking back to us and they're like all right it's on like we're coming for you guys i was like race okay the game. race was the game the whole 24 hop yeah but we we've been uh we've been putting in the time you know but we're not we're not this will this will air after we've been here but we're not here to win no no we're 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 pack phil hey but like in in the true gary v spirit of of like what what do we Gary Vaynerchuk for, yeah. former guest what do we give back to the listeners right now I think there's 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 a narrative here kind of across all this stuff that we've been talking about so far um that's applicable not just to the uniqueness of of our stories and experiences but to hmm. everybody who's listening so you want to chime in that? I don't know I'm just I'll chime in I just think everybody's always in this today's world everybody's always worried about health and wellness and you know getting the, the 10 mile run in the three hour bike run in it's not about like time or miles it's all about having fun yeah. like that's why i love tennis so much because i get the best workout and i have no idea how much i ran but i know i ran a shit ton yeah and i still love cycling i never stopped cycling since they retired it's all about doing things that you have fun and that you love doing and being healthy and you yeah. have a much better life with the balance, like we give George and I give each other Griff. He loves he's he's found tennis. I've found golf. When you leave your house and you go play tennis and you come back, what's that? What's that total time you're gone? It's, I mean, it's could be, it could be anywhere from two to three hours. So that's not, so golf yeah. is five to six hours. Yeah, that's yeah. A big so then you talk about balance. Like for me, it's like, um, all right. So that's if the more I'm riding, like if I'm doing long, then that means less golf. So I've been like, damn. Yeah, less since golf. I started getting ready for this, twenty-four hours and of less Pueblo. gambling. Oh, mm. it is right. Twenty-four hours of Pueblo, and I'm doing Cape Epic in March. I've cut down to two days a week of tennis, and it's killing me. And, <laughs> and the, you're doing the Southern Cross in Dahlonega, Georgia, Cross. as Correct. is Christian yes, Vanderbilt. Yeah. Mr. Casey will not be there. Yeah, but we're doing the Fish Rock. We're doing the Fish Rock in Northern California. Yeah, I'm. I live neutral or central, so I can do both. That's right. But you know, I'm not a coastal guy. Sorry, we're starting our gravel racing career. But you want to, you want to, you want to, so we got to, I, I like your, I like this thing of the Gary V thing. Yeah. Like what, you know, what, what, what's our message? Like, or what, what are we talking about here? Why is it relevant about racing in the rain or, you know, or just, or just, or just I, enduring. I, I, I think a lot of this, okay, you know, the enduring, enduring that you brought, I like that a lot. And cause I think that's what we want for all of our kids. What you, especially you brought up with Cole. Yeah. Is that you just want, how do you deal you with want to push your kids into anything? I don't never. Yeah, people ask you all the time, like, do you yeah. want your kids to be cycles? Like, yeah. I don't want, I want them to be whatever they want to be. Right. Um, but I just want them to have passion about something in life. That's, right. that's all, you know, I think that's, you hit the, you hit the, the jackpot if you truly get to do what you love for yeah. a living. Um, but here it's really just about having a goal. Like I, I just was, I, sometimes I flounder at home. I don't know what I'm doing. Sure. I have nothing to do from like November to more or less April. Well, I do so, but not that much. And then, then I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Your kids are like, Dad, get out. Exactly. <laughs> get out of the house, bro. Me. Why are you here so often? Yeah, Who what? are you again? You're a weird, you're a loser. <laughs> do you sleep in mom's bed? <laughs> Ooh, oh, wow. Yeah. House. Oh. Dog yeah. house. Oh. That's all right. I've been there. 
But anyways, I think the really the biggest thing is just having having a goal. Just you think about um, people who are Ironman athletes or yeah. triathletes or trying to run a, the Chicago Marathon, and I don't care if their their goal is five or three hours or two and a half. Um, it's just having that goal and like yeah. just having to do this silly thing. I got so excited. I've been like riding like an idiot, and I, I started watching. I, yeah. and then I said, "Nah, that's, that's a little too much." <laughs> I had to pull it back a little bit, but I, yeah. it, it was it was great to have something to look forward to, and and really right. just packing my bike and just doing. Yeah, but the, you know the the other thing that kind of occurred to me is that you know like in my in my current job at Yahoo, the the last six months to a year have been pretty challenging, and and in a lot of ways, just when I think things are getting hard, it gets even harder. And there's a small part of me that actually likes it when it gets hard. Because mm. I look around me and I see, you know, some people really struggle. Some people really rise to the occasion. And, and it's like, for me, it's like being on that start line in Balkenberg when it starts raining. <laughs> and, 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 uh, that day scarred you, didn't it? <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget it. No, it definitely scarred me. But like now when it rains, you know, I get a smile and I think that that, it's it's there's just something about that yeah i just wonder if there's something to that which is as it ratchets up and this this let's just get to the point here of what what that intensity or what that feeling is like you know as it, it just can't keep getting worse and worse and more and I, and I, this has been my life sure and a lot of it deserved some of it i don't think deserve but whatever you know at some point you go okay man any second now there's going to be a shift here. Yeah. And so for me, uh, me being me, Lance talking, cause there's a bunch of us talking. So I want to make sure you know who's talking, you know, it, it, um, I, I look, I look to what, um, what my responsibility is. My responsibility responsibility is, um, to my five kids and to Anna. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, while I think sometimes people come visit or come by the house or whatever, or come do an interview, they might expect me to be curled up in a fetal position. That will never happen. I'm always going to move. I'm, I will always be moving forward. I don't know what's ultimately going to happen with the last hurdle, but um, it, it, it's just this, and, and not to sound corny, but it's, we're all endurance athletes. And I think that has well served all of us, especially me, mm -hmm. that, that we're just, I'm just going to keep, man, I'm going to sit in here and, and, I, and I'm going to suffer yeah. through this. I think suffer is the most important word that any of us have ever known. Yeah. And it's a word that a lot of people look at like, Oh my God, I don't want to suffer. I love that fucking word. I love the word suffer. So, yeah. um, but, but suffer, loving suffer and suffering gets you to a place where you can really enjoy yourself and, and and savor yeah. uh, family and life and all these things so um that's I, I guess that that would be my takeaway that yeah. that um that's the reason that you know this idea that um and this mentality that i'm going to move forward the reason the name of the podcast yeah. is the forward yeah is that we just move forward through these through this that's right well, call it what you want call it headwind call it um yeah. Well, uh, it, you know, it's, it's going to be a, yeah. tomorrow at three in the morning. It's just going to be all about moving forward when it's raining because <laughs> we're going to be by, sitting and, there. And by the way, it doesn't have to be my drama or our drama. It could yeah. be, I mean, your kid could, you know, your teachers, uh, the teacher of one of your kids could call tomorrow and say, 
yeah, you know, your kid is the, the worst behaved kid in the class. There's something, there's always something in your life where you're like, oh, do I have to deal with this? I mean, this can't be. And so you just, you know. No, you got to embrace the struggle. Yeah. Suffering has purpose. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Let's let's do a quick fire round the room of of how we met. Okay. You you start with the three. Do, how you can I pick favorites. one person? Because I can't. I don't want to name all. Three. Okay, yeah. sure. Just go. All right. Ahead. all right. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. tell you the first time I met Georgie Kepi. Okay. I'm at the U.S. Olympic Center or U.S. Olympic Training Center in 1989. Skittles. And. Uh, no, this is before Skittles. This is uh, 1989, and, and, and I was I was a young professional triathlete, and I got recruited to come up there and train. Yeah. And uh, but but I knew about this this amazing talent, this hot shot, this kid from New York, uh, George Hinkett. But there were others. There was Bobby Julik, who was also uh, a, a great talent. Lives in Greenville, South Carolina now. By the that's way, that's right. You all, you guys. That's, the mayor. that's cute. It's like the eighth, that's cute. Isn't I know. It's a chamber of commerce here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, so, so I'm like, who's this fucking handicapy guy? <laughs> so I roll up, and this boy's got. He has he has a Jerry curl from. From, was he wearing a headband? I mean, it is everywhere. And he's hoop, got hoopties. A big not the hoopties. I don't think it come on yet. No, that wasn't until late. But I got to be careful because. We all got to this place where, I mean, George is going to rag on me for rocking the Jerbos and the Z Cavariches and the Hoopties and the Big Hair. So I'm just going to get it out there. So don't think you're going to get me on this. But I'm like, and, and, and it was it was a fast friendship. And it was never, like, I will, I will fully confess, Bobby and I, because our, we were too similar when it came to writing styles, that it was, it was never warm and, warm and fuzzy. But George and I immediately were like, all right. I think we got this. I think I think we can work together, nice. and um, and it, it became uh, a, a very close relationship, close bond. And and I'll just get to the get to the the, the punchline here. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Yeah. Here's the chorus, and I say it all the time when I'm with George and I introduce George. George Hincapie, and I'm and I'm speaking for a lot of other people. George Hincapie is the greatest teammate that's ever lived. And so from from being in, I think we were in the mechanics room at the USOC in 1989 going, look at this fucking guy. All the way through seven tours and sitting here today and God knows where. Um, greatest teammate that ever lived. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. I'll concur. But uh, I'll tell the first time I met Christian just because that way he can't tell the story so I can tell my version. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> You know I was going to say it. <laughs> so we were we were doing uh you know one of these 100k criteriums in super week which is uh wow you know I mean the, which is no longer around right no. super it, week is it, gone it, yeah wow that's too bad what was, was that that was an, that was an institution We did have a good question about racing in America which I don't know that we'll get to but that's yeah. that's an example of like it's too bad how can that be gone But these were you know these these criteriums were fast and and there was a there's 200 guys and mm -hmm. and it's a little bit crazy but you know, so we were doing this crit, and this this guy, this guy from a French team in you know the French national team jersey, every single corner would basically come up underneath me and start you know shoving his bars right up 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 into me, and I finally looked over at him and I said, "If you do that one more time, I'm gonna throw you right off the road," and he you know just looked at me, at, you know like with that kind of flipping attitude. Please tell me he did it. One more Sure enough, this guy <laughs> of course, of course. comes around the corner, 
right up underneath me say like and i so i, I said that's it you're done so <laughs> <laughs> what is first of all what a psychopath by, by the way, for the, for the listeners, the listeners out there that don't know, Dylan's a great guy, but on the bike he's a fucking asshole. No question, total asshole. So many. You're, yes. Okay. Well, none so, of us condone this on the bike. Yeah. This. So I reach over. I I, I grab this red and white and blue jersey by the back of the neck and I grab it and I'm about to just throw it right over the curb because this is this is pre CrossFit, Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this right. is was, a very different very person. Little. Okay. I was little. Okay. So I reach over and we're, you know, going 50K an hour right up against the curb, single file, except we're side by side because this I, French I was guy, literally in the gutter. It was Christian in the gutter. I had I had my hand on, on his the back of his jersey and I was about to throw him over the curb. I look over and realize it's Whoops. not the French dude. <laughs> so I grab him back and pull him back. And he Too is story. going ballistic. Like, I mean, it was like. I've never lost my cool like that yeah. on the bike. Well, and come, yeah, I guess I had. I'd never in, heard in that story. Yeah. So, and ever since then, thick as thieves. <laughs> Took us coming to the desert to hear that story. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Am I up? Yeah, you're up. Well, I, yeah, right. So I'll go back to when I first met. We Lance and I first met at the Olympic Training Center. We went and did a race at a car track outside of Colorado Springs. Oh yeah, do you remember the name? I lapped everybody like five yeah, yeah. times. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, so I we were with this. like this the best a, juniors in the country, crazy. national team, and then a bunch of other people showed up. It's like the first race of the year, first time I ever done with Lance. And wait, 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 let me just interject. By the time that I came to the Olympic Training Center three years later, cyclists were not allowed to, so we can never wear any kind of USA cycling anything because you, you assholes messed everything up for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lance, you know what? We, we just rolled through our lives doing that. Yeah. So yeah. Lance, uh, Lance and I drove together out to this race about an hour outside of Colorado Springs in his IROC Z. Yes. White IROC Z. Oh, oh yo, so why you gotta, yo, why you gotta go there, man? Awesome. Guido back in the day. It was white. But, um, <laughs> You know, I my dad was always a big tactician and always really tried to drill tactics in my head. And I um, mean, you know, I was really fortunate growing up in that in my dad's system. But I asked Lance, I'm like, Lance, what are we gonna do? What's your what's your tactic? Let's work together. Figure out. He goes, What do you mean? What am I gonna do? I'm like, Well, let's figure out a plan. He goes, What do you mean? I'm gonna fucking go from the gun and I'm gonna win. That's my fucking plan. <laughs> and I go, You're an idiot. What did he do? Sure enough, he went from the gun. We never fucking saw him again. Lap, lap. Lap the field twice. Lap the field twice. And like, what was it? Like a five mile circuit or something? Not normal. Not five miles. I will say, George, you're a great bug rider. You suck behind the wheel, though, man. <laughs> He's a bad car driver. Oh. I might have pulled horrible. up a top three that day, though. I was younger than these guys. Mm. All right. Well, since you guys, you took mine, that was, mm -hmm. the second would be, um, I would say, like 1992 or three. Uh, so my dad helped Jim Ockwitz get the. Sponsorship from from Seven Eleven to Motorola, uh, since Motorola is a Chicago area based company, and so when the team would come in, um, so yeah, it must have been ninety three, right? Were you an amateur in ninety two? I was uh, first half. I was amateur and then so, turned pro after the Olympics. Yeah, so so ninety three. So so winter in ninety three. So I'm a junior in high school. Just got my license. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. And so I drive down. And I'm going to meet everyone at. Uno's and Dewey's Pizza, and then we're going to go into a comedy club later, and, and I'm like, with the whole team's so all of my all my heroes, you know, like from yeah. Sean Yates, Frankie, Lance has just turned pro, he's one of the younger, all, all these Phil guys. Phil Anderson. Phil Anderson, mm. Andy Hampston, you name Bauer. it. Bauer. Yeah, especially Steve. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so 
I was going to think of things I could say. And so I just went to a, my first training camp at the Olympic Training Center, and there's a kid from, from Plano who I know that Lance had knew of. And, and so I was like, all right, I got a little bit of juice to have start one conversation. I'm like, <laughs> hey, do you know, do you know so-and-so? And, and remember Lance like, no, but is he a dick? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was like he was... And that was, that was like, it was like oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, and that's just yeah, and that nothing's really changed. It's uh, <laughs> like, wait, whoa, actually, whoa. that gets us to our next question. Did, were you were you done, Vanderbilt? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's good. Um, Cuervo's uh, sorry, Dylan. Hey, look at the guy. Look at there. Look across the table. Unlock that thing. And um, yeah, I probably shouldn't put my password on the on the podcast. All right, so let, let's answer another question from. I think this says Cleve, Cleveland Indians or Cleve Indians. Maybe he's a Cleve Indians fan. Sounds like it. But he says... I'm not that smart. But It's actually... Well, it's a question for uh, Christian, George, and I. Uh, what is the biggest change uh, you've seen in Lance in the last four years? Can I leave for this? <laughs> no. Oh, no. This is a 360, bro. All right. We're going to reverse the order. Christian has to go first. All right. Okay. Well, coming back all the way from 93 till now, um, there's always been a big swing. But hang on a second. Can I just, I'm sorry, just to interrupt. So 20, let's just, 93 till now, how long is that? Like, we lose. Well, the 89 was pretty, that was pretty cool. That's With you and George. That's right, pretty so awesome. That's so, I mean, I'm old enough to, to, like, I can't even do the math on that. 93 till now, it's, it's we're talking 20. 31 years. 24 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, that's a long time. So that's. This is going to be interesting. Um, it's like therapy. <laughs> all right. Hey, man. What's it's all real. It's at the forward. Is it? Yeah. What's the difference from when to when? I don't know. No, in the, the guy it's, said it's, in the last, the four, last years. four years. Oh, last four years. years. The last because we all were not so okay. much Dylan, but the but the three of us. And I there were other questions about did the investigation did all the stuff what you know what did it do yeah. to your friendship and so mm. it we don't need to answer that because we're all sitting here today. Yeah. Yeah, um, which that's which which four years ago we never would have been sitting here. So that's the answer to that. But yep. well, we go if you go back to 2013 um, August, we had the U.S. Pro champs or U.S. Pro cycling race from in Colorado, starting Aspen, and so I knew that Lance was living there then. So I called him up and said, "Hey, you want to have a beer?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so we met over at the J Bar and had had a couple of beers. Probably too many really quick for me since I've been drinking for a while, but. Uh, <laughs> But the, the stream of how angry you were there. I mean, and everyone has their process, right? So I had already been going through this process because I had already been outed for a while. So I, I'm a, I felt like I was like two years ahead of ahead of time. Um, but how angry you were there, sitting there. I mean, I've, I could think of what, how many times I've like gone home and said, fuck, I, I need a drink. Yeah. Like after that. Or a shower. Yeah, after like just being just feeling the wrath of how angry you were there. And then a bike ride, the same thing next, next day, it was like full gas, like, holy crap, I'm exhausted. Um, till what you are now and jovial and seeing with your kids and your family at new year's last year, things like that. Um, and the reason I'd gone there in 2013 was just to truly see, are, are you okay? Like, I don't right. like who cares about all this shit. Are you okay? Like, are you Nan? Okay. Are the family? Okay. Are the kids. Okay. Is Luke? Okay. And that's really all I cared about, you know, like just, just, and like I said, the process, sometimes you get, it's a lot easier to see from your side when someone's 
starting it a little bit behind you. Um, but yeah, just to see it from there and to see how upset and angry and, and nothing else matters in the world, you're fighting to the this forever um, till now is, is, is nice to see. I mean, obviously there's a, a massive gorilla in the room and that's coming up, but you're out here right now having a good time and mm. it's great to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I up? That way, yeah, I guess we're going okay. that direction. You're up, George. You definitely don't still re don't respond to text messages. That hasn't changed. Takes you like <laughs> two weeks to respond. Who doesn't respond? You don't respond. What are you talking about? He's pretty fast now. No, no I don't just, WhatsApp me. I don't right. WhatsApp. WhatsApp, you don't respond. George, I don't WhatsApp. I text. Yeah, more text. Like but, I, if, if if you have a friend in Iran or in in Morocco or in Mexico or in some weird place, you WhatsApp. I text. <laughs> But you're the only one that's not on an iPhone, right? So that's yeah, why he's the, he's the yeah. I am this weekend, though. If anybody wants to text no, me on my iPhone, but I'm um, to to Christian's point. Uh, yeah, I definitely saw a lot of anger um, in those uh, 2010, 2012 years, um, and I feel like <clears throat> I hate to say this. I'm not going to say this in a negative way, but I feel like vulnerability has made you a lot more of an open person. I feel like you connect with a lot more people now, um, which before you were always very, you know, you were very, very um, task oriented. And if something got in your way of your goals, um, you were not going to really chat to many people. But if you just, just being here, for instance, this weekend, we went out there, we had drinks. Uh, we're going to go back out there tonight after this podcast. And you're really a lot more open. Um, and it's good to see you connecting with a lot more people than you ever have in the past. So I feel like in that sense, that's been a, uh, this perhaps his vulnerability has made you a, a much more open person. Um, and it makes you a lot easier for people to connect with you. Mm. Yeah, I, th I think, um, that, that's all true. Um, for, for me personally, it's, it's been an interesting experience just because I stepped away from the sport so long ago relative to you guys. Um, and I think, you know, for, for, I think Lance and I, we, we kind of stayed in touch a little bit here and there, you know, just kind of a, on an, on an occasional basis. Um, but you know, you, he, you know, he was, you, since you're sitting across from me, we're always, we're always there and available. But I think, I think the biggest change or, or for me is just really been around the fact that. It's interesting, actually. I don't know if it's you have changed or I think I've changed a little bit. Because like now, you know, I'm the I I don't hold back. I don't I'm not afraid to tell you, you know, what I think or whatever's going on in my mind. Whereas maybe a long time ago, I wouldn't, I wasn't as comfortable doing that. And so I don't know. That's for me personally. If I think about what's changed about you, it's hard not to think about what's changed about me as well. Mm. But who knows? Maybe that's just. <laughs> Maybe that's just a result of everything that's gone on in the process, and and uh, you know we all grow up, but uh, you know again, how does this relate to everything else? I think you know we just keep on going. Yeah. So if if I can talk about myself, but, but I talk about myself or my my story and myself and my process, as as Christian so well put it, gets talked about every week in this podcast, right? Yeah. So. It, it, I agree with all that. I agree with what Christian said. I agree with what George said, and I agree with what you said, Dylan. Um, there is no doubt that w when this goes down, um, 
there was some anger. There was a lot mm-hmm. of anger, and and sure. and, so, and and maybe some of it, you know, at the time, you know, I'm like, I'm getting royally screwed, and I'm the guy that's going to take the fall for all this. It did. It, that's what I was thinking. I'm not saying that I'm 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 sitting here proclaiming that today, right. and you know, maybe some of that's true. Maybe, so, but I I've just gotten to this point where it's like, and it's been interesting. This whole the way they've kind of um, merged with my love of the bike again. Fast forward to us sitting here doing this thing. Um, it just, it just is what it is, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I have too much to to um, to come home to every day. To to, and it's funny, like Christian, like I, when we had beers and went, like I would have, I, I thought we would have had a perfectly rational conversation. And so, and not to keep bringing this back, but that position that I was in, and there are still people in this story, the arc of this story, the characters in this story that are stuck. Mm. They haven't moved forward. They will. Well, that's the most important word. Yeah. Suffer is the most important word, but forward is the second most important word. But there are people in this story without naming names that are just stuck. They will not move forward. Mm -hmm. And so I I got to this point. I was like, you know, man, I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to move forward. And so uh, it's really, I, I tell people a lot, or when I speak, wherever I go and speak, um, I say that, that this perspective that I have um, is, is people say, Do, are you happier now? Are you happier now than you were four years ago, 10 years ago? And I'm like, look, you know, lifestyle's different. You know, uh, 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 cash flow's different, incomes, it's all different. Um, but it is what it is. Um, it, it, it five years ago, I would have bullshitted all of you, you know, all day long. So it's nice to not bullshit anybody. Right. Uh, the position that I'm in today is one of complete and total fearlessness, not recklessness, but fearlessness. So you get in a position where you're fearless, and buddy, that's the best place to be. Right. And so, you know, again, that can't cross into reckless. But when you're fearless and you have this, this you know, this sort of forward-thinking mentality on your side, then, you, then you're truly moving forward. So Yeah, totally. I mean, think about all the times you've been in this particular moment where you're like, should I do that? Yeah. And, you know, more often than not, it's the fear that's in our heads is telling us all the things that you know, will go wrong if we do it or yeah. if it doesn't work. And I think, I think a lot of times that's the point where you actually double down Yeah. and that, that kind of like perception or, or, or position of fearlessness is, you know, that's power, it's yeah. powerful. I think, you know, especially as, as parents think if we can get our kids to, to be fearless in yeah. kind of their endeavor yeah. The kid, the, the kid thing is super heavy. That's a whole nother three hour podcast. Yeah. Like the, the, I'm sure we've all dealt with our own kids stuff and kids questions and, and, you know, I'll just give one quick antidote just to tell you how heavy it is. I mean, my, I'm very, very, my, my older kids, I was probably not open enough with my own history. And when it went down, I didn't walk them through that process. Um, um, good enough or well enough. Um, but I have a whole nother wave of kids, not a whole nother wave, but I have two other kids that are a whole generation younger and, and, you know, they're mildly aware. They will become very aware of their father's history. 
And uh, I only heard this yet because, in, in just full confession, as I think the listeners on this show know, we we do I, I do therapy with Anna. I do therapy alone. She does therapy. We do therapy. We, everybody does therapy. <laughs> so we're in a session yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. So we're in a session yesterday, and she last week was a, a, a stressful week because Judge Cooper rejected our motion for summary mm-hmm. judgment. So she didn't want to tell me the story. So she she says in therapy yesterday that um, that something came up in the kitchen that week with Max, my seven year old son, mm-hmm. and some some came up what. It was totally mild. It was like, what, is, what did somebody's dad do? Or my dad's a banker. Or my dad's a lawyer. You know, somebody can't. And, and she said, well, your dad was a cyclist. And this is Anna speaking. This is not me speaking. She said, your dad was one of the greatest cyclists that ever lived. And Max, who idolizes me, um, says, yeah, but he cheated. Hmm. And so... I mean, to, if I'd have been in the room, I'd have you'd have mopped me out of there, right? Um, but to hear it in therapy and to uh, and and with twofold, one for Anna to realize it's a heavy week for me, so I'm not going to bring this to him right now. But uh, to, to to realize that you got to keep this is a con- this is like a mm-hmm. dude, this is a conversation that's going to last for yeah uh, uh, forever, yeah, right? And so, um. You know, the answer to it is, is so then the, the question is, what's the answer? Like if the kid says, if your seven-year-old says, yeah. any of our kids say, yeah. oh, would you, but you cheated. Did you cheat? Did, did, you know, how do you, like, it's a tough, cheat is a tough word. Yeah. So, so that's just not to, we don't all have to get into that, but that's, uh, that's where, you know, that's where I've, I've worked myself and we've all worked ourselves, but it's, but I don't, I don't worry about that. I don't worry. I think I sit with Max and and his sister too because she's right behind him. And these kids are going to all be on YouTube, man. And whether it's tomorrow or whether it's in twenty years, they're going to watch, you know, some bullshit documentary or read some old article or read some. Yeah, they are. Are they going to read some old? But whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a process. Just move forward. <laughs> Absolutely. What else? That was heavy, heavy that ending. Was a, that was, you know, was we got to lighten it up a little towards yeah. the end here. Cause we, that fearlessness <laughs> was like, I think the A team right here is a little bit behind the fear. <laughs> by, by the way, by the way, by the way, too. By the way, too. So we, we, the, the A team is wait, still scared the, shitless. Who was the, who was the A team? It's, it's Christian and George. Yeah, is they're it, the A team. Is it A-team. bad when you were talking about fearless and recklessness? Think I was thinking about myself on the single track. Not taking a corner too quick and ended up it's in the all, fucking cactus. It's all, about, it's all about you. How should we do that tomorrow night at well, 3 a.m.? Here's the thing. Like I said a few times, these people are going to listen to this podcast well after we're here. We're not here to win. No. We're not. We're here. We we ain't winners. We're not. We're not winners this weekend. We, we, we don't want to. Nobody wants to get charged up at 3 in the morning and get out. Oh, let's go. Like, we're, we're just here for a good time. So yeah. let's just chill. Yeah, we're here for fun. And so, um, still want to get a workout though. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I got to deal with every day. <laughs> I know. Hey, Cappy's always. And we have our camp coming up. Listen, we, 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 yeah. could, we could, although it's sold out, which is kind of cool. Yeah. We have our camp coming up at Hotel Domestique. So the three of us, Dylan's, you know, too busy Dylan's being a too tech busy mogul, for us. But, uh, so we got me, George, and Christian doing a camp at Hotel Domestique in March. March 6th through 10th. Yeah. And it's the first sold-out camp at the Hotel Domestique, and I'm, we're hoping we can do a bunch more in the nice. future. Yeah, nice. 
We can. Yeah. All right, guys. Do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Twenty four hours of of in old Pueblo or however we're saying it uh, tomorrow. And um, this 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 has been, you know, this has been a how long we've been with an hour and fifty. This has been a one of the best. Uh, 75 minutes I've had in a long time. And yeah. pe- people ask me all the time, like, what's your favorite podcast? And I, even before we started, Christian asked me what my favorite was, which the listeners know that I'm very partial and, and um, uh, fond of Michael Morton and his story. And yeah. uh, just the, but what makes it so special is that um, he speaks, uh, his, his story is so real and he's, and he tells the story exactly the way his heart wants to tell it. And so that's, what's been great about the last 75 minutes is that we just broke it down and yeah, it was real. And not everybody has to like it. And Mm. that's, I think just last thing, is that the thing, Christian, that's the thing that I've come to is that, Hey, you don't have to be the dude who passed us on the trail today that was throwing shade. That's, that's fine. (laughs) I am big shade. He's totally good. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. If, if you want to shake hands, can I buy you a beer later? That's fine. And if not, that's okay too. It's all good. It's all good. And so that's been the, the the biggest shift that I've experienced personally. But fellas, thank you. Thank you for I am the sucker that brought us out here, which we're all laughing and having cocktails right now and doing the podcast. Yeah. At three AM tomorrow morning, you motherfuckers are gonna hate me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be a hate love thing. I yeah. think there'll be it'll come and no, come and go in waves. No, but no, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna Pull a, pull a Sunday at 3 a.m. may be a different story. Yeah. Hopefully we're still going by then. Sunday at 3 a.m. No, I'm not <laughs> doing that. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Forward Podcast. Like, uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you have anything you want to say, if you have a suggestion, please. God knows I need suggestions. Um, or questions, or concerns, or criticisms, or whatever, let me know. Send me an email. Send it to theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. I know it's long. I know it's a little confusing. Theforwardpodcast at wedo, W-E-D-U, sport, singular, dot com. Theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. 